Hello, and welcome to episode 59 of GameSpot After Dark. I'm your host, Jake Decker, and joining me this week is Callie Plaguey. Hello. Tamar Hussein. Hello. And MC Fixer. How you doing? Hello. Hello. We start the show off with, with what we've been playing, but before we do that, we are going to do the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment, cue music. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Chris. There it is. So, Fixer, the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment is basically an opportunity to introduce yourself, tell us what you what you play, what games you always come back to, how you got into this industry, and whatever else you find relevant. So with yeah. that... Take no pressure. Away. This is my moment, right? This is the moment yeah, is the that big I moment. shine, right? This is my whole, the whole moment is right now, right? Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you already did Unlocked, right? So you've yeah. already like, you've already hit the peak. This is just no like a way. No it. way. No way. I disagree. <laughs> totally disagree. Um, yeah. Hello. My name's MC Fixer. You guys can just call me Fixer or Fix, whatever you want. Unlocked, call me MC. So all you've got to do is not call me MC and I'm already going to enjoy this way more. Um, yeah, I'm a full-time content creator on uh, Twitch and YouTube. Uh, been trying to break into the industry now for about seven years. Um, typical story, honestly. Uh, watching content every day, just thought, well, I can do that. Why not? I can talk. I've got a personality. People seem to like me. I'm not sure why, but you know. Um, and I was just like you know what let me do this so one day i was a musician before all this so hence the mc but i kept the mc for seo which i'm sure you all understand but nobody else understands seo like just drop the mc i'm like if you just typed fixer in on youtube you wouldn't find me so (laughs) that's why it's the mc fixer but yeah i used to be a full-time musician um from london you can probably tell from my accent um and yeah i've just i've been doing this a long long time i stream like i say four days a week over on twitch eight hours a day and then i make a bunch of original content over on youtube uh let's plays reaction content i do some tip stuff for streamers streaming the world's blown up as we all know and just being on the platform for such a long time you pick up a lot of things of what not to do doesn't make me a professional doesn't mean everything i say is right but you know the the little etiquettes i say of twitch and what not to do what to do how to get that little bit of a a head start from going from zero to one to one to five to five to ten and yeah i uh, also do a weekly xbox podcast which is probably what most people know me from uh, which is called my xbox and me it's been going for about 260 weeks now never missed a week and um that was like the big that was the the moment for me i am um, i'm a huge kind of funny fan a lot of people know that and um i was i saw a hole in the market at the time god damn snowbite mike come on bro help me out here um, <laughs> yeah i saw a hole in the market with them and i was like i my dream was to go and work for kind of funny and i was like i'm gonna start an xbox podcast they've got that i'm gonna do this and we'll see where we go we, hey we made it i'm here i made it <laughs> have, you, have you been on have you been on the kind of funnies xbox podcast do you know what? this is a perfect opportunity you know why not air yeah, my out. like <laughs> Kind of funny. I've been out here. I've done, I've done the, I'm helping with meet and greets. I've done video work, which you took for your own channel and didn't credit me. I love you, Greg Miller. I love you, Tim Gettys. I love you, Andy. I love everybody, you know? I love everybody. But come on, where am I at? Game, game this, me. you know, I'm out here. What, I'm out this here. is what on. we call a classic London pop-off. This is, uh, <laughs> this is, this is, this is how you shout about shit on road when you're All in I'm London. Is you've, you've, yes. Look, we had that open conversation before we started. I feel so comfortable already. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm out here sending shots for everybody. Let's just keep it going, all right? The best part of that was Tamora took a huge huff of his uh, vape right before. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I was just going to ask if you're going to do anything really big for the 360th week since it's an Xbox podcast, but that was a much better. I'll, I'll better be honest with you. Now. I'll be honest with you. I hadn't even thought about it. I take it week <laughs> by week. As long as I can get a show up, it's I, what I usually try and do is every 50 episodes, we try and have a special guest being someone more popular than myself. That's the spe- mm. that's how special you are. So that's as easy as that. Um, you're all welcome. All the f- really, three sixty. You're all welcome. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> really good timing on our part to have you on for a uh, PlayStation News Week. This, this, I, I, I've got my PlayStation pre-ordered, so we're all good. Don't worry. It's just like I say, I saw a hole in the market, and that's why I went with that. But I play games everywhere. I'm a gamer, you know. Mm-hmm. Capital so- G. Before we move on, what are some games that you always come back to? Some games you play regularly? Some of your favorite games? Resident Evil 2 is my favorite game of all time. I'm still yeah. in my head deciding whether Resident Evil 2 Remake is my favorite game of all time. Um, it's so hard. The, the Resident Evil 2, there's a special moment in Resident Evil 2 for me. And I've told this story many a time, but new audience, let's go for it. Um, the moment was the zapping system where you play as Leon and you've got the machine gun in the bag, right? And you take there's the decision to take both, take one, take neither. And I'm like, I'm, I was playing that game at a really young age. So shout out to my mum. She never stopped me. So I'm not saying nothing else there, though. But um, I remember taking both items because I was like, well, I want the machine gun and the backpack. Because, of course, that's a, I want everything. I'm a, this is what I'm doing. So I went off, beat the game, put in my Claire B, got to that same moment, and it was gone. And I, that moment sticks in my head so much of a moment where I was like, wow video games are cool and this is a story and this interlinks and this it was just a magical magical moment that i just i will never forget there's that and then there's metal gear solid 2 where the colonel tells you to turn off your playstation fish and meld i literally saved the game turned off my playstation went outside i remember this like it was yesterday and was like wait a minute why did i just do that because <laughs> like I generally I remember it and I was like this is this is ridiculous and at, at those moments I was already into games before then but those are like the two big big moments that stick in my head and go this is why this medium so special and means so much to me. Mm-hmm. Kojima played you. I remember in Metal Gear Solid One when uh, 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 God Mantis starts calling out games you've played on your memory card. Yeah, and I was like in. I was scared to death. And then you had to like put your controller in port two. Yeah. I was playing with a friend and we were, our mind was blown. We were just like, what is this? And it was years later too. Like we didn't play it on launch. We played it a couple years after. Yeah, dude. The, the, the one for me, I, my Metal Gear experience is um, the one that I already sticks out. My, obviously I have all that, but like I was a dirty pirate as a kid. Cause you know, I couldn't afford games. The only way I could play games yeah. was to was to go to. We used to have the Sunday market in Hackney. Yep. Um, head down there, find the find the lad who. Uh, oh, you are uh, from the ends, bro. bro. Trust me, man. I'm from the ends. I'm You're from, from the, the ends. ends. Don't worry. I, I respect. I respect. I'm very much about it. I went down to Hackney Market. Used to have the lad down there. He was this really nice guy, um, hearing impaired guy, but like uh, he used to love video games as well. Um, and obviously we used to talk about it because he, he, with his, um, hearing impairment, he loved the visual side of it, yeah. but he would also, um, you know, hook man up with like uh, cop C- CDRs that have the entire <laughs> games on them. So I was like, yeah, Metal Gear Solid coming in the four discs. I thought that was some good value for money. Played that game, got to the bit where, um, you're told to look on the back of the box to find the codec number to call Meryl. And I was like, what? 
My, my, I looked at the back of the box and it was like verbatim uh, supplies the most uh, hearty CDRs in the business. And I was like, what? So like, oh. I was like, shit, this is pre-internet. There's no internet. I didn't have it. Like, I mean, internet was about, but I didn't have that stuff. Yeah. Because um, you was like, anti-piracy what the hell? I was like, shit, what do I do? And then I had a brainwave as a kid, put my shoes on, legged it down to Woolworths, down the down the road where um, <laughs> fucking Metal Gear Solid was on on sale, picked up that cover, turned it around, and there it was, the picture of the the uh, codec, ran back home and like put it in from that day. Good. The most important part of that story is rest in peace, Woolworths, of course. Yeah, rest like, in peace, Woolworths. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. My, my, Gone, but not forgotten. Gone for not forgotten. People used to roll up into there and jack that pick and mix like it was no man's business. Not me, though. <laughs> my mum would beat me. I was never no, doing that. No way. I never did that shit because they figured it out at local, my local one. They were like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, the only way that would have been more British is if you had said trainers instead of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> like, my crepes. Yeah, Obviously, I had fresh crepes on. That's all good, yeah. I'm yeah, not talking yeah. about the pancakes either, guys. Come on. Yeah. No, I, if I'm if I'm being a hundred percent real, like I'm, I'm put some slippers on and went down the road. Like, I didn't. I didn't have... <laughs> real quick, it was a quick one. I needed to carry on with the game. Of course. So Kojima played you as well. He played me. Kojima yeah, yeah, yeah. plays me. everyone. Having said that, I have purchased Metal Gear Solid like many times since. I think Kojima got his money's worth out of that. <laughs> 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 well, before we get to the big news, the PlayStation 5 showcase, obviously, uh, we are going to talk about what we've been playing. Callie, do you want to start this off? Sure. Um, I just wanted to do a quick follow-up on World's End Club because last time when I talked about it, I was like, wow, new killing game. I love Danganronpa so much. And then I played like maybe 10 more minutes and then the, there was a Basically, the game is not at all what I thought it would be, which is very on brand for the creator of Danganronpa, uh, Kazutaka Kodaka. Mm. And um, so I'm still like, it, it's still got like the the weird, surreal creepiness that Danganronpa has, but it's a little different. It's actually like more so far. I really got to emphasize so far because who knows what could change in the next 10 minutes that I play this game. But <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's kind of like it's got a very like very anime like like coming of age 90s kind of vibe all of the characters are like middle school students there's like the baseball obsessed one and the you know the hime whatever character Mm -hmm. very very uh anime but like in a in a really sweet and like there's something sweet about it too so I, i'm still enjoying it but it's it's definitely i definitely did not sell it correctly last episode because i only played like half an hour before talking about it um you were kind of expecting it to be unexpected though weren't you because yeah. yeah you were saying that creator likes to do stuff like that yeah i was totally um expecting that and also sparked some conversation in the GameSpot discord about don grandpa which i was very happy to see so shout out to all of y'all um, and then the second thing I wanted to bring up is just the fifth anniversary of Undertale. Um, so happy birthday to Undertale. <laughs> um, it was, they obviously did that concert. It was, got me thinking about, actually talking about like games that like kind of freaked you out with how like prescient they were. Undertale is definitely one of those. Uh, if you don't know anything about Undertale, cover your ears for like one minute. But like in the genocide run, like you'd think like... <laughs> you'd you'd think it's a a really hard run to do like actually gameplay wise it's very difficult and it's also emotionally very difficult and there's a point in that run where uh a character says to you like 
it, it, it addresses like people who are just watching it rather than playing it like directly. And I was like, I'm playing it, but I'm freaked out still. <laughs> like Toby Fox has got everybody's number. So anyway, just shout out to Undertale. I didn't think about that until we started talking about games that like where we were like, oh shit, they really like understood what I was going to do and then played me my out. ass. Yeah, IGN gave that game a 10 out of 10 before they were given 10 out of 10s every other week. Wow. You say, you say <laughs> IGN gave? I did. I gave. No, I know. <laughs> the shots are flying. I knew I was on the show, but geez, we're taking shots everywhere. Oh, yeah. Here we I know go. <laughs> Zach Ryan's probably listening too. So you, those Zach. are all very good games. Mm-hmm. Well deserving of those scores. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, Tamora, how about yourself? Uh, I've been playing Avengers, which is a absolute steaming mess of a game that I cannot stop playing. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I was playing yesterday with um, like a couple of people, or friends of the show, Andrew Goldfarb and Greg Miller. Um, never and, either. Uh, no, never, he uh, <laughs> he's like this up and coming YouTuber. He's got oh. like a very uh, like teen high energy oh. kind of vibe to him. Yeah. He's, he's like, like relatively amusing, you know. Yeah, is what I like about him. Yeah, maybe like, kind of, kind of amusing, <laughs> kind of amusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, got you. But okay. we're, we're playing, we're playing with him. Like, and I think we're all in agreement. Us three, like the game is weird and messed up, but also like strangely compelling for people who love that kind of superhero environment or like are into the grind of it or like it enough to offset how boring the destiny style daily grind stuff can be and like i i playing it yesterday and i have been playing it for weeks and it seems to be getting more and more buggy to the point where i described it yesterday as like a i called it like a a, a cup of milk in the sunlight where as time oh. as time goes by it just seems to get more and more gross and like more and more um disgusting that but uh like i played it yesterday and it was like bugging out and i was like this is but it's like reached the point where it's entertaining now for me for like how weird it is sometimes like you spawn and like captain america's not there but his shield is um <laughs> or like uh, tony stark is constantly phasing in and out of existence and you're like what is love, going on with you this love game to see it. yeah but it's like it's what it's it's a game that I th- I think is has become really good for what I, I understand how people jump into Destiny and and just switch off and play it. For me, Destiny I played a lot, um, but not enough to the point where I knew it like the back of my hand and could switch off. Like um, I still needed to pay some attention to like, or or I, I always wanted to pay attention because I felt like I needed to hit shots and you know do stuff like that. But um, with this game, I feel like I can just kind of switch off and and i know it now and i'm just hammering buttons and i know exactly where the objective is and i'll just go there and hit it and then i'm done so it's i've been playing mostly that there's not much more to add to it it is what it is and yeah that's pretty much it yeah i gave it a try last week and i i couldn't do it i i was really into the story too like all that stuff you said about kamala khan but i like could not play the game like i just i had absolutely no interest in playing the game i got to that whole commission where you, it's just like a button masher and i was like this isn't this isn't really what i'm looking for and it was kind of a shame because i mm. do want to see that story through at some point i just don't want to play that game yeah the, the it's it's clearly like i said this before like it, it feels like a, a case of like two games like it, they it feels like that they originally made yeah they made the crystal dynamics game where it was like we're gonna tell a story we've come up with like I I am so convinced now that that game was originally a single player experience where you could on the fly just move between characters and and do what you want and AI Ooh. would pick up like that's what it feels like and then they had to kind of like create 
like these gaps to fill to put in the games as a service stuff and those gaps just turned out to be cracks in the in the long run um and like it, the 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 kamala khan like the main um story is really really like good like it's not perfect there's a lot wrong with it like the characterization is thin for a lot of characters there's a point where like thor just appears and is like hey guys uh, i've just been around and you're like what where have you been hello that's yeah. literally what i said honestly yeah. we, we spoke about it and i totally agree with you which was like four just turns up he's just sort of there like mm. oh you're gonna play as me now actually i don't want to play as you so see you later <laughs> he literally <laughs> just flies in from off screen is like i'm here and you're like what <laughs> Where where have you been? He's like, I was helping the commoners uh, on the on the ground level, and you're like, all right, okay then. Um, and then Thanks like even yeah, you're like, all right, fair enough, whatever. Um, and then you don't really get to get any characterization around him. There's a lot of missed opportunities in the narrative in the in the multiplayer as well. The writing is very weak, like yeah. very very weak. Like the the barks, the quips, that kind of stuff. They they're messed up and like they they're just so. Apart from Kamala, Kamala's. It feels like they put a lot of effort into Kamala because even her repeated lines are engaging, like and entertaining. Like there's a bit where she asks about Thor's like um his weird helmet thing, and he's like, "Oh, it's for special people, you know, special occasions only." And she's like, "Great, can I wear it to prom?" And like, it's just a really <laughs> nice moment. Like every time you hear that, you're like, "It's still funny. It's funny to me." But then, like the millionth time you've heard uh, Nolan North as Tony Stark saying, "It's your night in expensive armor," you're like, "Shut the hell up, please." Um, <laughs> Or like the, other, the other line he says is the uh, cover your eyes, kid. I'm like, I yeah. don't need to cover my eyes. I know yeah. to look away by now. You've told me <laughs> yeah. a thousand times. Like, <laughs> he's, yeah, it's just that part of it. But the Kamala Khan stuff is really good. Like, if you push through the single player, it's fun. And it doesn't, it only really kind of forces you into a games as service thing, like style mission right near the end, where it's like, we need to collect X amount of items to create X things so we can go and do this. And you're like, all right. But by that point, like, it takes one mission to do it. And you're like, whatever. And, like, the story, there's a moment towards the end with Kamala, like, the way her story wraps up, that it's really, really, like, heartwarming and nice. Um, it's not interactive, which is annoying. But um, it happens and you're like, that's cool. Um, and I'm glad it worked out that way. And it's got a heartfelt story in there. So that's where the real meat is. And, like, the weird thing is, like, I'm oddly excited to see it grow and oddly excited to see i want to see it do better i want to they've got a patch coming out today which is supposed to be massive in fact it should be live already i need to go and check that but it's supposed to be like really big and it's supposed to address a bunch of issues and when i when i learned that they were doing that i was like yes i'm excited to see i want it to get better because i feel like they genuinely have something special here i wish they had more time to give it like the nips and tucks that it needed to be a more solid experience and i wish that it had more content in it in the multiplayer side but like it feels like they're committed to it. And I feel like if they really do stick with it, they could have something of a juggernaut on their hands. Even though that's an X-Men's reference, which who knows, you know. Of course, we ain't even get, we're never getting them. I, I totally agree with you with everything you said. The thing that frustrates me the most about that game is I feel like, like you were saying, the single player, which should have just been a single player. It mm. should have just been a single player story. If they had to do this whole games of service stuff, okay, cool. I understand the business of it. But that single player is strong enough to keep it as a single player story. Mm. And let me just drive through that, make that a 10 hour experience and then add everything on afterwards for me. Would, mm. It would have made the experience so much more fun because the, the way I played the game, and again, because I stream, I'm sort of picking people up and helping people level, going back and forward. When you don't experience that story, which is main mission, main mission, main mission, main mission, 
it kind of loses that value. And yeah. that's the game's fault. That's not my fault at the end of the day. If you allow me to do that, then that's kind of on you. At least that's what the way I think of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And all the like the RPG stuff that's layered on top of it feels completely unnecessary. When you're looking at a mission and it's like, oh, you know, level X, Y, Z, and you're like, well, this is all pointless. It doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to, like, it, it ruins the immersion. Like, would would Kamala get kicked out of the Avengers because she's not level 80? Like, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's but, not how it works. Yeah, and also, like, I mean, this was this was always the thing that. Uh, gotten the way for me with like Destiny not that Destiny has the same level of story to any extent that that Avengers does but like I'm either focusing on the mechanical like doing the thing like focusing on the Mm. shooting and stuff and my abilities or I'm like listening to what's happening I have such a hard time absorbing story details and doing really intense gameplay stuff like I have to turn on uh subtitles on most games that i play in order to Mm. like make sure i'm following along because otherwise i'm just like my brain's just like shoot the gun like i just can't do it so um i think i I, it's definitely one of those genres that's still like in a teething stage as far as like how do we gracefully blend these two ideas together And, and you know i'm not a game developer so i don't know uh, how yeah. exactly but I, th- I think like for this i would have loved to see them like like fixer said like completely segregate mm-hmm. multiplayer and single player because you could tell that crystal dynamics had that single player they had that vision right. for the single player and the games and service stuff kind of infected it not infected it but like forced its way in there and made the single player a lesser experience or a more convoluted experience mm-hmm. yeah. so like I don't know. I, I maybe it's just me, but I would have preferred if they were like, "You finished the single player. Now there's this endless mode where you can just keep doing stuff, and we're going to keep adding to it, and and like this is your your game as a service." And then they do the same thing again when they bring in the new characters as well. It's like, yeah. "Here's the single player. Enjoy that story, and now go have fun with them with your friends." Mm, and then agreed. they keep that to me would just would have worked so much better. Yeah. Anyway, I guess I'll go next because I've been playing something that's kind of old now, at least for us, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, which is a game that I played when it came out and I could not get into. I think a big reason was because I was still playing Sekiro and it had a similar combat system, except Sekiro was so much better. <laughs> so by the time I played Fallen Order, I was like, uh, this combat is not doing it for me at all. But I... You know, it's been a while. I got it on Steam because EA put all that stuff on Steam. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Uh, So I started playing it and I kind of had the same feeling at first, the first two or three hours, maybe even longer. I was like, okay, I mean, it looks great, but I'm still not super into it. But I got to a point where I really got into it. So this is like kind of a, I don't know, I guess because I was pretty harsh on that game, I'd say early on. episode i don't know our first couple episodes when we were talking about it, i was pretty harsh on it but having finished it now i was very impressed like i think a big reason too is the fact that it's not nearly as buggy as it was when it launched because i played originally on the xbox x or xbox one x and while it looked good it did not run well i had lots of bugs lots of issues uh so when you add all that together like sekiro the bugs uh not being super into the story i fell off Anyway, cut to today, or I guess I finished it a couple nights ago. Uh, I'm I'm super impressed. I really enjoyed that game. It's 
I, I think you mentioned it at the time, Tamor, but it like kind of made you care about Star Wars again. And mm -hmm. to an extent, yeah, I totally say that. I like there are moments in that game that gave me chills, even as someone who's not super into Star Wars, but just like the way the story comes together in certain ways. I will say I won't spoil anything, but it does do that like obnoxious thing where it's like, remember this character? Well, guess what? Here he is again. And it's like, what is this character even doing here right now? Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, he doesn't need to be here. The only reason he's there is just so like people can be like, oh, there he is. There's the guy. And it's just... I've I've not finished it. So I am really hoping it's Jar Jar Binks. With us. <laughs> it, is, it is Jar Jar Binks. I was just up. about to talk about Jar Jar Binks thinking, you know, <laughs> they're going to hate me for this, but I do it on every podcast I can. Jar Jar Binks, my favorite character in Star Wars. I will admit, I'm not a Star Wars fan. <laughs> really, really quickly, can we talk about the Jar Jar Binks lollipop that was made as a promotional material? <laughs> and it's Jar Jar Binks' face, and the lollipop is his tongue. Can we oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing else to say. I just wanted to make sure that all of you know that that's a real thing that existed. <laughs> I have no I'm idea. <laughs> but yeah, overall... I really like it. I'm excited for what they do next. Like, it seems pretty clear that Respawn is doing another, I don't know, at least Star Wars Jedi game. Cause it's what Star Wars Jedi colon fallen order. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so I'm totally into whatever they plan to do next. Uh, like, yeah, I'm bummed. I didn't finish playing it at the time. I don't know if it would have made my like top 10 list last year still. Uh, Cause there's a lot of great games last year, but that being said, like very happy. I went back and finished that. Other than that, though, uh, I've been playing Spelunky 2, which is, you know, just as good as the first one so far. Very addicting. Oh, God. Oh, there it my, is. Oh my goodness. That. <laughs> that's that's hideous. You should make that a thumbnail or something. Just oh. put it in it. I, yeah, for, for the record, sorry to interrupt, Jake. I showed everyone a picture of the Jar Jar Binks lollipop. I encourage you to Google Jar Jar Binks lollipop um, to go along with this episode. It's kind of a 4D. That is way worse than I could have ever yeah. imagined. Yeah, I, I was having trouble picturing it, but I was, I imagined it was bad, but I didn't think it'd be that bad. Yeah, I thought it'd be like Jar Jar Binks, like with the tongue coming out, like a little like, frog or something like yeah, that. And yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You really no, have to get in there. You, huh? have, to, you have to, like, yeah, this yeah. is like a tongue deep kiss with Jar Jar yeah. Binks. You're, you're playing tonsil hockey with Jar Jar yeah, yeah. Look, this is how <laughs> yeah. you learn to kiss, yeah? You use that lollipop and you're sorted, all right? For everyone who don't know how to kiss, buy that lolly. You'll be There's fine. a really weird future uh, fetish, but it's fine. I, I love the idea of, of people in the future being like, my first kiss was with a Jar Jar Binks lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Spelunky 2. Uh is really good. The only thing I have to say is that the online right now is awful, which is a bummer because that was the big thing I was looking forward to is playing this online because the original Spelunky only had a uh, couch co-op, which was great. And I did some of that and it was a lot of fun. But being able to play online just, you know, opens up a bunch of new doors for this, but it is so laggy. And apparently Mossmouth knows this and they're working on it and trying to fix it. But right now, if you plan on getting that game to play with your friends who are in other parts of the world or country, whatever it may be, wait, because that it's rough. It is probably some of the laggiest. It's one of the laggiest games I've probably ever played. And there's like no way around it. Like finally, we got it working. Like after we did some weird like 
configuration. Like it was like, okay, we can't play with this person because this person's was too laggy, but the two of us can play together. And we did for a little bit, but it would only last about four minutes until it would start to get laggy again and someone would get dropped. Uh, so keep that in mind. If you have no plan to play online, then I mean, now, now's the time. It is, it is really good. Like it is just as good as the original, uh, at least in my opinion. And it is addicting. Like it is, once you start a run, it's hard to stop. I think so far my record is like world three, four. Uh, it's the only time I've made it out of world one. I, we did incredibly well, but yeah, it's good, but just wait. That's, that's my advice. Uh, did, did any of you guys have any plans to play Spelunky? Any interest at all? Yeah. I'm excited to play it. I just, I think I'm just finding the time where I can sit down and dedicate a bit of time. Like I'm between playing Avengers and, and all the stuff that's been happening this week for work. I just haven't had a moment to figure it out. I also need to um, disassemble my PS4 and clean it, which is, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to doing that. I've got thermal paste. I've got all this stuff ready. Uh, should be interesting. I'm actually going to throw it to you now because it seems like you've been playing some uh, Call of Duty Warzone. Yes, I've been playing a ton of Call of Duty Warzone. It's my it's my go-to game right now for streaming. I'm putting like five hours a day in. I'm so bad. Honestly, I thought at one point I was getting really good and then Marvel's Avengers came out and I played that for a week. And as soon as you stop playing a shooter, yeah. everything goes wrong. I don't know why. I don't know how. It really does frustrate me. I can't hit my shots anymore, but we roll with the punches either way, right? That's what, what's got to be done. So I've been playing that. Um, the new season's okay. I like a few of the changes they've made. Um, I'm waiting for the new I'm waiting for Cold War to come out, really, so we can see how it all gets. Warzone's going to be so messed up when that happens because balancing issues, I guarantee it. So many OP guns. That's the only thing I hate about. Um, warzone right now is the shotgun is super op so you're just running into people constantly with shotguns shotgun you like they're snipers and like come on man this is ridiculous hmm. been playing that and i've also been playing a game called tell me why which i'm sure you've all heard of um yeah. i did a spoiler cast with on the, the my xbox and my youtube channel um with uh, my co-host crash and laura kate dow and that game is such a fantastic experience it is one of I love walking simulators and I hate calling them walking simulators because I feel like there's a lot more to them that what goes into those type of games. But for the to express what it is, I guess that's well people would know it. It is, in my opinion, probably the best walking simulator um, out there right now. This is Don't Nod's best game, in my opinion. It mm. every character you ex come against, speak to, interact with, feels like a real human being with flaws and they say the wrong thing and they don't get everything right and they try and correct themselves it is such one of those experiences that i wanted to i wanted to go into it because i wanted to see what it was like for a trans person right that's this, the stories around tyler mainly and his twin sister allison and i just wanted to wanted to see that whole experience it's around nine hours long i suppose i pushed 12 to 15 if you're playing it a little bit slower than what i did um, it's one of those games it's hard to really talk about without spoiling anything um, so I won't say too much but honestly as someone who obviously what does a lot of stuff around Xbox Xbox need to go get them so they can keep producing this type of game for Game Pass in my opinion mm. yeah Jean-Luc talked about it last week he, he he's a big fan of the Don't Not games and he, he had only played episode one at that point but he was speaking very positively about it, it yeah, yeah. 
I feel like you're you're onto something with like if Microsoft doesn't want acquire them or someone doesn't acquire them, like having a developer that can put out this kind of serialized game seems like someone is going to figure out that they need that soon um, and and grab them. Like, and there's not many options out there now that you know uh, Telltale isn't available and around any as much. I mean, they're back, but you know, in what form we don't know. But don't nod is absolutely killing it with with their like um serialized games um so and like if if they have game pass and they want people to keep coming back um that's a great way to do it give people the episodic kind of almost like tv show like experience yeah honestly i'd be interested to see what they would do with someone like microsoft backing them because i don't know if you guys played vampire uh i I think that's what it was called um but that was like vampire yeah that was like an rpg that they had developed which kind of came out of nowhere and was like i think pretty favorable but it was pretty clear that there was some you know budget constraints that were taken into consideration for that game and microsoft has flirted with like that kind of i mean in a in a very ham-fisted way with quantum break and the tv show around that but that was i feel like overcoming in the wrong way they should i feel like they should take another stab at it and do it with you know a video game series yeah, I, for me, it was when I was experiencing it, it was so, it was one of those experiences that I was looking forward to it each week. And I think that's been uh, Don't Nod's biggest flaw with uh, Life is Strange. Like Life is Strange 2, we all know, I think it's a fantastic game, but we were waiting so long between episodes that you were kind of forgetting what was going on in the episodes. Mm-hmm. She's come back and be like, oh yeah, you, uh, do I hate you? Do I like you? Do I love you? Where we are? Um, it, it's not fresh in your mind. And I feel like with Tell Me Why, they hit the release schedule. It was a week, every week for three weeks. And it was just the, and for me, I feel like it was the perfect amount. I've always felt with like even Telltale games, the five episodes, you get the episode two and three that are okay. And then we come back up. Same thing happens with Tell Me Why, where episode one, I think is fantastic. Episode two is there. It's still good, but it's not as good as episode one. And episode three just, it does what it needs to do to to finish that story. And yeah, if if you haven't experienced a game like this, it's their best looking game. I think it's the best writing they've done thus far. And it's definitely worth your time. So awesome. Yeah, I, I think cool. you've like really sold me on it because I, I think I've talked about before, I've never really been sold on the Don't Nod games. I think the thing that always turned me off of Life is Strange was the dialogue. And okay. admittedly, I'd seen mostly just memes of the dialogue, but I did play the demo <laughs> and I was like, I can't do this. Um, but I have been interested in Tell Me Why. I do like the inc- how they incorporate supernatural elements um, in their stories. And I'm really interested to see what they how they approach this. And and like I said last week, I think it's so cool that they had like an FAQ for people to be like, yeah, we were we're approaching like a difficult topic. Here's what you need to know if you're concerned, if you have concerns. And um, I thought like, that's what a, a content warning is about is like making sure everybody's like informed and knows what to expect going in, not in a spoiler, spoilery way, but just in like a, Hey, is this particular thing that's going to upset me here? Should I prepare myself for that? Um, so I thought that was like a really cool way to approach that. Um, and that got me really interested just in kind of the, not the story itself but just in the game if that makes sense so i I think you've actually like really sold me on it i really want to try it out i can't wait to hear what you think of it honestly it's definitely it's such a nine hours 
is nothing in, in yeah. today's games when we're all, I'm sure we're all the same where it's like, something comes out of 100 experience we're like nope nope i'm too busy i've got too much to do like yeah. you start playing cyberpunk it's like the only game i'm like okay you can be 100 hours it's okay. <laughs> i'll allow it mm-hmm. um but yeah this game is it's very respectful of your time and it doesn't like i say episode two gets you from a to b but episode three picks up there's never that low period like mm-hmm. i always felt with the other games where there's a fight and it, go, it drags on for a whole episode because yeah. it needs to. This doesn't have that. It's very much, we've had a fight, time has passed, we've healed, but not in a, doesn't feel like it's wrong in the story either. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's cool. Awesome. Well, with that, let's move on to the topics for this week. All right, so I think the big thing this week that everyone's talking about is the PlayStation Showcase, and probably more importantly, what people are talking about is the price, A, and B, how the pre-orders have been an absolute mess. Uh, But before we get into that, just some general information. The price was revealed. The disked version of the console, the disked version, the one with the disk drive, is going to be $499, and the diskless is $399. Uh, U.S. of course. I don't know what it is in 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 four fifty, four hundred fifty pounds, and three hundred and fifty pounds. Okay, yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, no. it seems okay. A PS3 was way more. Like, I remember five hundred. Yeah, it? Was, the bundle I got was six hundred. Yeah. That was yeah. when I was working at HMB and I had to get like a staff discount, and I was like, get ripped off, man. But I yeah. Hope this- no, it's priced really, really well. We yeah. this is the first time with consoles in the UK where I've gone. I I said openly that like I'll pay a thousand pounds my max. Like I'll pay five hundred, five hundred. It comes mm. to four fifty each. I was like Haley, which is my fiance. We're going to Nando's, girl. Don't you worry. <laughs> I've got it. We've got hundred pound to spend on as much chicken as you would like. Mate, you could get a lot of Nando's for a hundred pounds. <laughs> I'll send you guys the video of the muck bank because it's coming. Yeah, through. that's good. <laughs> I miss Nando's um, so much. <laughs> Apart from that, I think the other news that kind of got confirmed that I think a lot of people were expecting was that it seems like these AAA PS5 games are going to be $69.99. That's not for everything, though. It seems like Spider-Man, I think, is going to come in a little bit cheaper. And some of these some of these smaller experience games are a little bit cheaper. To me, it kind of looked like maybe these developers are going to start pricing games in terms of like their length, maybe not length, but like... I don't want to say how much work was put in, but but I think we might see a bigger range in prices. Like I don't think every retail game at launch is going to cost $70. This is just me speculating, but that's kind of what I got from it. But I know that is, I don't know, kind of, kind of interesting. I'm not surprised, but I imagine some people are frustrated with that. No, I was just going to say Twitter, keep the same energy because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of Twitter. And maybe you guys have been on Twitter longer than me and dealt with it, but 2K comes out, right? And their game $70. Twitter is ablaze. It is a blaze. Everybody hates 2K. Cancel them. Blah, 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 blah. I get it. I like my sport titles. So, and I, I think the developers that develop sport titles have the short end of the stick. they got a turnaround time is the shortest of any game that we probably know of, right? Twitter goes crazy. PlayStation do it. Okay. I'm, I'm happy game prices are going up. Long overdue, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I also sit in a privileged position, like I'm sure some of you guys. We get sent games. So it doesn't cost mm. us $70 all of the time. Me, every now and then, I have to buy a few games here and there. So it's really hard to talk about, like, I'm okay with it being $70 when I'm not... I remember a couple, literally only a year ago, PR only like me now, remember that, um, <laughs> a year ago, 
when um, I was buying every single game before, but even but maybe not a year ago, but before Game Pass was a thing and things like that, right? So I appreciate, I understand games cost more. I hope this trickles down to the developers though. It's all well and good. It costs in 70, uh, $70, 70 pounds as well, by the way. It's 70 pounds for games as well. So that's gone from 55 pounds to 70 pounds. But nice. our devs going to get, our community manager is going to get paid right. A QA going to get paid right. Mm-hmm. Our, or our big fat mogul, top of the range, whoever you are, are you going to get more rich? Not if MC Fixer has something to say about it. No way. My, me and my Twitter army of 4,000 followers, we're coming for you. Um, <laughs> we're not. Please don't find me. I think, um, I, think the, <laughs> I think the interesting thing will be whether it sticks. Because I mentioned mm-hmm. this a couple episodes ago, but um, this, this is something that tends to happen early in a generation. Like yeah. when people are desperate for games and will pretty much buy anything to justify their console purchase, um, publishers and platform holders will generally skew a little higher. Um, I remember that in the UK, at least being the case. Like I remember when I bought my PS4, um, like Need for Speed was way, way more expensive than any other game had been at that point. Um, and there were a bunch of other games at the same time that were like, it may be like 10 or 15 quid, a little more higher than usual. And then after a little while, um, it was like a couple months they started to dip back down and and generally retailers were were realizing that it was too much to ask for for a consistent period so i wonder if the same thing is going to happen where they stop doing that and it dips back down um we'll see that's thing in the long run and the the fact that it's not across the board leads me to believe that might be the case if it was like a case of they need to be this price. Every game would be that price because yeah. it would be Sony needing to make that statement and say, we have to charge this much mm-hmm. because it costs this much and it needs to be this much. But because they've rolled up and they're like, yeah, we've got this one going for a bit cheaper. And admittedly, some of that is because, you know, um, Miles is also coming out for previous gen and that kind of stuff. So there's some kind of weird, you know, stuff that they need to do around there. But I feel like it's also, it seems to me like an indication that this is what they're trying to do to get a bit more money up front. And then over time, you know, as retailers start to cut prices, it will normalize back down to a decent, more manageable price. Yeah, I will say I'm more open to paying $70 for like a Sony exclusive two than I would be for a 2K game just because I know that I'm not going to get a bunch of microtransactions thrown at me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I believe that 2K, NBA 2K did have microtransactions and it was still... 70 bucks or it still will be 70 yep. bucks. So like in that sense, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of okay with spending $70 on these games. Uh, like, especially something like demon souls, which I imagine I will play a lot of, uh, but, but I, yeah, I kind of like what Tamor was saying. Like, I kind of like the idea of more range because I think that's something that people have been struggling with for a long time. Right. Like, like there's that argument that's been around for a while. Like, oh, so I can pay $60 and get like 150 hours from Skyrim or I can pay $60 and get eight hours from, I don't know, like Uncharted or something like that. Yeah. So, so it, it's kind of interesting to see how that how that kind of levels out in, in a weird sense. And, and I should mention that like there's no way if there's another Uncharted that it's going to be cheaper. I bet you that's going to be. Oh, of course. Yeah, because mm-hmm. those those games cost so much money to make. But But it is like that conversation. And I think that, I think that's exciting in a sense. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's interesting to think about this because, you know, dealing with reviews, we really don't talk about the price of a game in reviews at GameSpot. Uh, we'll talk about microtransactions specifically in the context of like pay to win, but we, we tend to avoid um, assigning value to the monetary 
you know, price of something because like, I can't tell you what $60 is worth to you or $70 is worth to you. So I can tell you whether I think the game is good and then you can decide whether it's $60 or $70 good. So I, I often don't think about it. Um, Fixture, you brought up a good point. Like we do often get most of the games that we would need for coverage, or at least in my case, like any game that I necess- not necessarily would want to buy myself if I just want to try it out. Um, it's it's easier for for someone like me to to get that access um, either you know through our work channels or like expense it. Um, so to me, like seventy dollars is a pretty but sixty you know it's a ten dollar difference. I mean that is a difference, but to me it's just like I don't think it'll be the difference between oh I wouldn't have bought that game for seventy, but if it's sixty I'll buy it. Like I, I'm it's just hard because money means different things to different people. And I think um, we're also like just kind of in a weird situation. So I'm wondering how that like premium price is going to work out um, with, you know, the realities of COVID. So there's a lot of questions I think, but I do think, I think we can all agree that like games are really expensive to make and that hopefully. And they're getting more expensive, a lot Mm, more expensive too. The one thing thing that I've been thinking about, and it's like borderline conspiracy because I love to like um, indulge the conspiracy side of my stuff. Here we go. go. Buckle up friends. (laughs) (laughs) What, What if, what if this is the physical games are a little more expensive so that Sony can push people towards the digital version, which they are, more inclined to discount sooner, quicker, because they'll see the value immediately returned to them. So if Demon's Souls is 70, and I think it's going to be initially, at the very least, going to be 70 across digital and physical. Um, but then, you know, they start that trend of, oh, it comes out expensive, 70 pound or $70 on physical but and digital. But then Sony tends to, like, after a month, discount it down to 40, 50. Um, that would push people or develop that kind of uh, um, habit to keep an eye out for digital sales for Sony. So I think that might be a case because it also means that Sony can do that thing where they, that Nintendo does, where they stick by the the value of their games and never discount in physical anyway. Um, yeah. Nintendo just doesn't do that. Um, and it means that, you know, you're paying full price always. So Sony could be like, yeah, this is what we think it's worth um, uh, at a physical considering um we have to pay you know retailers and etc shipping that kind of stuff manufacturing costs Mm -hmm. on digital we're good we don't have to do that we can just discount that stuff so perhaps there's a little bit of a uh, economic uh kind of um psychological game being played here yeah i mean i guess too to kind of add to that i know a lot of people at least on twitter surprise were frustrated uh that uh horizon new dawn is that what it's called Horizon Forbidden West. Forbidden West. I don't know where West. I got New Dawn from. <laughs> New, New Dawn is a New Twilight movie. Is what? Is that Twilight movie? Oh, maybe. Oh, it is. You're right. No, you're 100 right. New Dawn is a Twilight film. You're 100 right. No, no, no. no, no, it's no. A New Moon. It's it's, it's Breaking Twilight, Dawn. New Moon, Eclipse, and then Breaking so- Breaking Dawn Saga. Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn Part One and Part Two. Far Cry New Dawn. That's what I'm. Far mean. Cry New Dawn. Okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that, uh, that's what that. I'm thinking of. Uh, but but I know a lot of people were frustrated because they were like, "Oh, that game's coming to the PlayStation Four too." Like, I want I want it to look as good as possible. But like that also kind of like brings up this issue about like how expensive games cost. Like I imagine like a game that did as well as Horizon, like it would be tough to get your money back if you just put it on this new console that 
probably not a lot of people are going to get right up front, or at least not nearly as what the 120 million PS4 consoles that have sold. And like, like that just, that would be such a risk if, if they only put it on PS5, I imagine. But the big problem I have is, but they said there are gener- generational consoles. This is what frustrates me because yeah. so many come out and say things and nobody says anything. I'm on the platform, guys. I get to speak. Um, it's like no one says anything. We don't. We don't talk about it. We don't. We don't say. Hold up a minute. Didn't you just say the generations and this is holding it back and? But you're doing the exact same thing. But it just doesn't get brought up. It, it seems strange to me. I don't know what it is. I don't know why mm. it is. But we we seem to. I remember again. I've been covering Xbox for so long. Whenever Xbox fumbled, we were on them like crazy. Just like me. I remember the the. Uh, resolution war that was that was a thing xbox have been doing all the the things actually for the players in my opinion um and it, it doesn't get spoken about as fondly as when playstation come out with something and lo- maybe not directly like they're very good with their wording so i can't really just say that but it's very very obvious to me where you're like hold up you you made this statement about how generations are important blah 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 but now you're going back on that. And I understand, I understand why. I totally agree. I'm I'm glad, honestly. It's people are going to get to experience Spider-Man, Horizon, Sackboy. And that's a great thing. And they're going to make more money for it. But stick to your wording, because it seems a little bit shaky to me. Mm, I yeah. think I think there is there's a, I think that there is criticism of Sony, especially right now. I think with yeah, Sony, say, the next thing we talk about is going to be yeah. <laughs> Sony has been right now. It's their kind of like processes that are being cr- critiqued, and in the moment right now, it's like their handling of revealing this stuff that seems to be taking uh, the kind of pre- precedent and like focus away from it. But I think over time there will be a little more discussion about um, the way Sony is approaching it. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the lack of clarity in in what their plans are is also kind of making it difficult to critique them. Yeah. Microsoft in their Xbox strategy has been very clear, very plain. And when they release the information about something, they do it in its entirety around that subject matter. Sony has been a bit like, it's drip feeding information. So the clear picture isn't there. So I don't know about you, but like for me, like I, I feel like I could analyze this right now and say something, but tomorrow I could look like an idiot. Um, so I think a lot of brand, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like I look like an idiot. I'm not saying that's what I do because if I feel like I want to say something, I'll say it. But I think for a lot of people, they're like, they're not as comfortable, like really sticking it to them right now Mm. because the full picture isn't there, which is like, it's a classic, like marketing strategy, right? If you can't, if you don't tell them everything, they can't critique everything. Like Mm. you got to give them it. So like, I think once we get closer to launch and it becomes clearer, that's when people will start being like, this isn't on. Got you. What, Makes sense. what do you guys think about the, because we didn't mention release date, which is November 12th, but only in US, Japan, Canada, Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, Korea. <sighs> so for our UK based friends, how do you feel about that November 19th release? Because that's I, also Cyberpunk Day. I feel like, what the hell? We've moved <laughs> beyond this. This is this is not a thing that happens anymore. This is such a backwards way of doing things, and that's it's just, for me. It's just frustrating. So I have to now sit around for a week and watch you, all of you and listen to this mm-hmm. fantastic podcast talk about how great the PlayStation is, just because I live in a different country. 
I, I, I didn't yeah. choose to live here. My mum made me here. Like that's what happened. Like <laughs> you know, like well, it just it just seems so backwards to me. Especially, I imagine in your position, right? Because you stream every day, mm-hmm. and like I'm sure you're trying to stream the new stuff, and not having the PS5 for a full week could be pretty, maybe not detrimental, but like you're still gonna feel like. Like, if I was bigger, it would be detrimental. If we're being, yeah, if yeah. I, if if I was, if I was the tippy top PlayStation coverage guy, and I'm in the UK, you must be feeling that really bad. I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure Tony will maybe have sorted them out with the consoles or whatever they do. I don't, under, I don't know yet. I'm not, I'm not there yet. But for for me, it's just frustrating. Honestly, I it, think, just, it just seems so backwards. Yeah, I think, I think I, I remember being in that position, and it was incredibly frustrating. I think it still is, but it's also worth tempering that with, you know, COVID. Yeah, in the yeah. words of Car- Cardi B, coronavirus. <laughs> um, so that shit is real. And, yeah. and you know, yeah. so like, um, I don't think that's an excuse, but given that the demand for it is super high, I think there's also a case of like, they want to really carefully roll out the stuff and and redistribute stuff here and there. I mean, like, it's not easy. It's not like you can simply just take an, a North American unit and move it to a, a Europe. That's not how yeah. it works. There's engineering that needs to be done. Yeah. But in terms of, like, focus and where, where you know, where the employees of Sony are, like, looking and focusing on, it could be more beneficial to them to be like, all right, let's do a staggered launch so that we can deal with this stuff. It just sucks that, you know, America once again gets precedent over every other, you know, um, territory which is a shame because you know there are places where you know sony is sony is like the de facto you know console of of that place like yeah. you know you look at places like mexico and spain and that kind of stuff they're a playstation like nation like in, in more ways than the america even. nation so yeah. mexico um, is on that 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 november 12th list the thing that i found curious was australia because i've always understood australia to be more xbox focused like every australian i know is like uh, like primarily xbox over playstation like and and yeah. i i mean i know i know a good amount of australians i would say for for the average american but um so that was a surprising one to me like australia over the uk because i i i would say like my impression of the uk is that there's a lot more playstation 100 percent. so 100 percent. I mean, I, yeah, you can't really, you really can't discount the effect of COVID on production. I'm surprised that, you know, like, like we're hitting these November targets. Like I, I wasn't entirely confident that we were going to hit November for these consoles given yeah. uh, the year we've had. So that's something um, it is like, it's just funny because both of them have their confusing things, right? Like earlier today I had a meeting with my boss and I kept saying the Xbox one X and I could not stop saying the one X. you know know what i mean series x before we get too off topic here i do want to touch on the pre-order situation a little bit because that was a mess like that was an that was an actual mess it was a mess if you didn't get one but i did so i got one so i'm okay but (laughs) i'm I'm joking i'm joking um (laughs) but like they said pre-orders would start today but one i i guess just one outlet or one uh uh retailer broke that and all of them started doing it like i sent my email to sony being like hey can i pre-order when this thing comes available (laughs) didn't get a response a lot of people just didn't get a response like it is it's a mess like i it's it's wild it's for me again it comes down to everything that we've already just spoken about really right it's just messaging Mm -hmm. and marketing you've got to have that stuff on lock 
Like you can't, you can't have leaks. You can't. But you're right. One one retailer goes early. That's what happened over in the UK. Game went early, and links are being thrown about everywhere. Then Smiths have gone, and and I'm like, okay, I, I feel so bad. I stayed up because I did do a reaction to the press conference. But what I know, all my friends are in. All my friends who work in the building trade, they're in bed by eight o'clock. But they're gonna want a PlayStation now. They have no chance. We know how limited these consoles are gonna be anyway. Mm-hmm. And around Christmas, their kids are going to want them. And it's it's just one of those things where I'm like, oh, man, I feel bad. I've already had people in my DMs because for some reason, people think I actually have some power around anywhere, which I do not. And they're like, so can you get me two PlayStations? I'm like, what are you on about? Like, I don't work at Sony. What, what do you think I'm out here making PlayStations? Like, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's a shame. It's a, I think it's a shame for everybody who wanted to try. It should have been fair for everybody, not the select few that were awake at the right time and yeah. things like that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think that there's much to add there. The lack of clarity is frustrating, especially given that, you know, Sony said, oh, you know, we'll give people plenty of heads up notice so that they can get prepared. And it's like, did you did you give us heads up notice? Because like, I mean, it's not entirely their fault because the no. retail is kind of like, but at the same time, you gotta you gotta make sure that you're making those arrangements with retailers, man. Like you spend a lot of time enforcing policies on various other businesses and industries around the world. You can't you gotta do it for retail too if you wanna get that consistency. And yeah, it's pretty much a lot of people feeling slighted now, which unfortunately has pretty much rained on their parade. Like they had a good thing going yesterday where everyone was super excited and then getting, you know, primed to to uh pre-order when that time came and now like some people would have gone to bed and woken up and realized there's no PS5s left to pre-order because they're all gone and Sony kind of didn't give them the heads up. And maybe a fair few of them will be like, well, I'm going to go Microsoft now. That's-, That's what I was just about to ask you guys. Could Xbox, I'm not saying, I don't like the whole win thing, but could Xbox do a lot better this gen just by being there? Just by being on the shelf and having a, for in the UK, £250 uh, console. That's ridiculously cheap. Mm. Could just by being there, could they do do a, a good bit of business? I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I don't think it would just be the fact that they're there. I, I honestly think, like we've been talking about, their messaging has been so much better, not even compared to Sony, but like when you just look at how the Xbox One was messaged, like they got off on like every single wrong foot you could pro- possibly get off on. Yeah. And now I, I, I feel like they're really coming at this strong and they have a good understanding of what to do. So I think that is going to be in their favor quite a bit. I, I think Sony will probably outsell. The PlayStation 5 will almost definitely outsell the Xbox. Yeah. Uh, but I think starting out, it, it's going to be pretty close. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Xbox does kind of come out ahead maybe a little bit early on just because of that. I think the big thing that... Microsoft doesn't really have for it is the fact that all of these games, like I'm going to play all these games on my PC, you know, like I, I, I'll get it at series X because for work, like to capture, to do all that kind of stuff. But if I wasn't doing this, I've said it before on the podcast, I probably would just be playing these games on my PC, but you know, Phil Spencer says he doesn't care about how many people buy it. He just wants people on game pass and I'm on game pass. So he's already got me to an extent, I guess. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I do see a case where, I mean, so like, if you're looking at the November 10th versus November 12th, I don't think that's like a major difference from the average person. But if we're looking at November 10th versus November 19th, if I'm someone, I mean, you got Valhalla coming out November 10th. Um, If you're really, really into Assassin's Creed, if you're not a PC 
person, like you got that's the Xbox is your option for that. And then, you know, if I'm waiting for cyberpunk and I don't know, I'm getting my, my PS five on the 19th, but I can get my Xbox on the 10th and like be ready. And if there are preloads or whatever, that's going to look like, like, and if I'm like day one, I want to play cyberpunk. Like I do see the case where that might be the tipping, like the deciding factor for some people, because I, I do think like for, for the majority of people, you're going to be, it's just going to be driven by what game do I want to play and what, what platform is my friend playing on? Um, So that, I mean, historically that has been the, the, the deciding factor for PlayStation and Xbox Nintendo is its own thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I only brought up the, the Xbox confusing naming scheme because I do think I just wanted to address Fixer, what you talked about earlier about like kind of uneven criticism of Xbox and Sony. I, I, I do think that you see that sometimes. And I think, like, I think there is a lot of Sony loyalty that comes with a lot of those exclusive games. And it really yeah. does come down to the games. I think there's, you kind of have nostalgia goggles. I think def- people definitely do that with Nintendo um, and forgive Nintendo for their like weird quirky thing. I mean, forgive maybe isn't the right word, like tolerate some like some annoying things because it's like, well, it's Nintendo. Um, I think, you know, maybe it's like a canned answer to say it depends on the games, but I, I do think that, like as far as the messaging goes for the new Xboxes and the PS5, like I do think both have had some stumbling blocks. I think the naming scheme for the series Xbox Series series, and then um, you know the pre-orders for PS5, the staggered launch dates. I mean, there's there's some stumbling bo- blocks for both. So um, I do think like it has to come down to what platform am I going to be able to play the game I want to play. Yeah. And I mean, to your point too, Kelly, like I imagine a lot of people, like if you're not playing on PC, you probably have like that old Xbox, like Xbox one S or the original Mm -hmm. Xbox one. And like, man, to get into next gen for, you know, 300 bucks, if you're here, like that's a pretty good deal. And especially if like you're saying, if you're excited for cyberpunk, but you want to play it on next gen and you can't find a PlayStation, but you can find a series S, uh, I think I may have mixed those up at some point, but if you, if you can find a series S it's like, okay, well then I can at least, I, I think they said ray tracing is going to be on yep. next gen consoles for cyberpunk. Like you can, you can be a part of that, which, which I imagine is like a big seller for a lot of people. Yeah. And like specifically with cyberpunk, I mean, this is a, this is something I have to take into account for work, which is why I'm thinking about it is the cost for me to upgrade my PC to a place where I can play cyberpunk is a lot higher than the cost mm-hmm. to upgrade to that an Xbox or a PS5. I mean, for me, it's not going to depend on the timing necessarily. But um, like, my, I have a standard PS4 and I have a standard Xbox. I'm not confident I can run Cyberpunk on those. I don't think I can run Cyberpunk on my PC. So it like playing on an ex, a next gen console is going to to be really beneficial for me. And I think when you look at the costs. To, like the the cost of entry to play a game like that like top of the line super high tech like really demanding technologically te- technically not technologically um i do think like especially if you're in one, in a region that isn't getting the ps5 on the 19th uh it might be safer to go for xbox because at least you have that buffer if you want to play day one well we've been talking a long time about 
the PlayStation. We're over an hour now, but we still have listener questions. So let's move on to these. Uh, if you've got any questions for us, you can email us at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com or you can join our Discord by DMing uh, me or Tamor and we'll get you right in there. But anyway, let's move on to questions. This is from Sketched in Ink on Discord. Are there any games that you played growing up or even recently that you got stuck and couldn't figure out what to do, either based on your own error or the games? Growing up, Pokemon Gold was one of the first games I played. I restarted my game hundreds of times because I I didn't realize you had to backtrack a little after catching the Red Gyarados. I thought I was playing the game and doing something wrong, so I would catch it, defeat it, name it, try and ignore it, and would never progress in the game. I was at an age where I skipped through the text mostly and therefore never realized until recently how to progress in that game. Ooh, that's rough, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, rem- I remember that Red Gyarados thing being annoying as well. Like, yeah. Um, I would say I remember renting Ocarina of Time back in the day where we only rented games um, because they're expensive, as we have discussed at length. Um, renting Ocarina of Time, and I couldn't figure out how to get the Kokiri Sword, and then I had to return the game. <laughs> Damn. And then I never, yeah. I never beat it until it was on 3DS. I was going to say Zelda is probably the big one that stands out for me because like uh, Sketched in Ink, I did not read text boxes typically. Even when I could read, I was like, nah, I'm playing a video game. I don't want to freaking read. <laughs> so I'd skip through all that. Uh, and then I just get stuck. But also some of the puzzles in that game were like pretty tough if you're, you know, a young kid. So like you, I don't think I finished. I think the first Zelda game I finished may have been Maybe been like Oracle of Seasons, and then I went back and like finished a lot of those games. Yeah, mine, mine's very similar to both of you. Mine's Final Fantasy and Zelda, and any game with reading because I'm dyslexic. So mm. reading, reading for me, and it's something every day that I still struggle with. Reading in video games for me is like the worst thing, especially being a streamer because I get so, the anxiety of having to read out loud in front of people is even worse for me. So don't ask me to read the next question because I was getting scared. Um, I won't do it. I, <laughs> like you, well, I, I, don't, I am terrible at reading things out loud. As everyone who listens to this podcast and you it's, guys know. It's, it's one of those things where like, doing my Xbox, I mean, I've gotten better and it's a skill that you definitely learn and if you keep, just keep doing it, you get better. But yeah, Zelda, Final Fantasy VII. Again, I've played the original maybe seven or eight times like never beat it played the remake this year which is currently my game of the year and had such a magical moment with that game because it was like i know this but i don't really know this so i never knew that barrett and clad hated each other ever because i never read it so they're just two little mm. two little things that get angry at each other like, i can't tell what they're doing i'm not reading it as a as a, a kid so i was like when i actually finally played that game i was like they don't like each other. They're not really friends. Like he's been, I was like, Oh my God. So it was just like a whole new experience for me. So yeah, I got stuck on literally every game that involved reading Pokemon as well. I remember getting just caught everywhere. Like this is frustrating. Why do I even bother? Let me go play FIFA. So I went and played FIFA. (laughs) I love to read. So I was always good with the ones where they tell you what to do, but Zelda doesn't often tell you what to do, especially those old ones. So I was just like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of anything. I can't, I can't, nothing comes to mind, mainly because I think I, if something frustrates me, I quickly leave it before I, it really gets to like a fiery frustration yeah. or like, or, or like really, and usually if I can't figure something out, like I, it's because, you know, 
I, I generally chalk it up to maybe I'm either too stupid or the game isn't designed in a way that um, um, kind of makes it clear what I need to do. And either of those cases, unless I'm reviewing it, I'm like, well, I guess um, this is not for me. Um, yeah, yeah, but thankfully, like, it hasn't happened that much. I could probably think of, like, some old, like, you know, classic games that were obtusely designed, like uh, Bart's Nightmare, the Simpsons game. I think that's what it was called. Absolutely horrible game to play like back in the day it's <laughs> it was soul crushingly bad i remember i played it and it made me like so upset that i got sick one day i was Aww. like f- trying i was like physically like i was like under the weather after playing it because it was just so obtuse and weird and like hard <laughs> to play and, and nothing worked the way you wanted it to work and i was playing on a mega drive at the time or a genesis um and every part of it was infuriating and i just like I got into that thing. I think this is where I learned my lesson where I, I like got angry to the point where I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And like, I did eventually do it, but then that's where I learned like, is there's no point in playing things. If it's you're just annoyed, it. it's not worth it. Like you make yourself sick. Next and, time you review a game, that's not good. I'm going to be like, is it bad enough to make you sick? If not bump the score up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I it genuinely, it made me sick on like the day before Eid as well, which is like Muslim oh, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I like I was sick the, that day, and there were people like, "What happened?" I was like, "Fucking Bart's nightmare." That's what happened. <laughs> uh, next question comes from Chase MM18. Hey, my favorite podcast crew, have you guys ever made the mistake of reading the comment section on a game review for literally any game on your website? How do you feel about some of the insane toxic behavior around <laughs> around something is as simple as giving the game a seven? Uh, how do you guys keep yourselves from going nuts or being dragged down by negativity? Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for the kind words. The answer is I don't read any of them. <laughs> That's smart. That's very smart. That's very, very smart. interesting. I, I, it, it depends. Oh, go ahead. It depends for me. Like if it's something I put a lot of effort into and it's something I'm excited about, usually I'll read the comments. And if it's something I know that people like, it's not super controversial. Like I don't do many reviews. So a lot of what I do typically isn't super controversial, so I'm not too worried. But like, if it's something that someone like, like if it's a guide or something like that, or maybe something that I know is going to get a lot of negativity, no, I peace out so hard. Uh, I the secret is that I am just inherently controversial to some people, so it doesn't matter what I write about uh, necessarily. Um, this is like I think I've mentioned this before, but I want to change my Twitter handle so bad, but I am afraid to uh, to lose my verification because it's the only thing that makes Twitter usable for me um, because there's a setting where I can like limit like there's a quality filter for tweets and it just limits like like you can set it so accounts that haven't verified their email you won't see their notifications Uh, Mm. if they haven't if they haven't set a profile picture like just stuff that like so I don't see like bots or people who've just created an account to harass me so I I do what I can to avoid seeing this stuff however I do see a good amount of it um I don't know. To answer the question, I guess, like, like, how do you keep yourself from going nuts or getting dragged down by it? I mean, I definitely, like, I just do. I just do get dragged down by the negativity sometimes. Um, mm. Mine's you know. very different. Obviously, I haven't got a website, and we don't do, like, scored reviews. Um, we do have a website, but we don't do scored reviews, really. <laughs> and I, I don't write for the website. I mainly do YouTube content, which, again, it can be a cesspool, um, especially being mixed race um, on the internet. 
very hard. Um, I've sort of learned, I've got quite tough skin. It's just the way I was brought up, sort of. You have to, being from London, being from England, being from a council estate, that's that, that which is, I think, it's like the projects for you guys in America. I think it's like that sort of thing. For me, it's a case of I've learned very quickly that, I don't listen to all of the good and I don't listen to all of the bad. Mm-hmm. They're both neutral because you can get high on your own supply way too much where I'm sitting here with you guys. This is a dream come true for me, right? But I have to treat that with the same thing as when I do my Xbox and me, just like when I've done anything else. Because as soon as you come up a little bit too much, people are quick to drag you down. And as soon as mm-hmm. you're a little bit, do you understand what I mean by that? The yeah. only time mm-hmm. I don't have tolerance for... um for stupid comments again if you don't like what i say no problem if you don't like my voice no problem if you think i'm this no problem like that's not a problem with me but when you're racist or just rude for no reason that's when i have a problem but yeah yeah, i read all i read all of my comments i read as many as my tweets as i can i try and respond even in sometimes in a passive aggressive way um and by sometimes i mean most of the time probably why you don't see my tweets there's a quality thing i didn't even know that i need to get verified (laughs) help me out here um like you and me both (laughs) (laughs) but yeah for me it's i I just try i try to stay very 50 50 like the goods are the goods are just as good as the bad the bad are just as good and just keep moving forward and that's very easier said than done i've had i tweeted out the other day i had a bunch of some people jumped in my stream and followed me with a bunch of racist racist accounts i tweeted about Mm. it and that in that moment while you're live is one of the hardest things for me to deal with because and my my chat who are my amazing community they know that something's wrong and they Mm -hmm. literally go fix what's wrong and i'm like I can't say, Yeah. just just let me deal with this for a second and we'll go on from there. But I, yeah, I totally agree. You get you do get brought down by it. We're humans at the end of the day. And I think people forget that a lot of the time. We're human beings. We have feelings. We work hard on a lot of content. At least I know I do. And for me, it's like you can not like something, but you can be constructive about that and not just this is really bad or I was going to swear, but I'm going to try not to. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's mm. ridiculous. But yeah, you, you never, you, you never learn to deal with it, but you also do learn to deal with it. It's super, super strange, I feel like. Yeah, I, I mean, first of all, big up Council of State Boys. Let's yeah, go. yeah. I knew um, you were from the hood, bro. I told you. Yeah, trust me, man. <laughs> man. Man got like beaten up on a daily to go to the park yeah. on my Council of State. <laughs> yeah. Right? Them days. Yeah, I remember. Um, but yeah, um, had eight people living in a two-bedroom uh, flat. Let's go. Um, uh, um. But yeah, that's that's. I think Fixer's approach is right. Like I I do read a lot of it because I like to. I think like if you're gonna read a lot of it, you need to have thick skin. Yeah. Um. And I I feel like I am someone who does have thick skin. Um. And I can usually take it. I I generally won't get involved like if someone calls me out on something or says something bad to me i ignore it like i have a motto and i spread it as much as i can like see the drama don't be the drama um Mm. like that's my 100 percent life motto don't don't get involved in it notice it but don't get involved in it and the reason i say see the drama more recently is because like if you follow me on twitter you've seen that i've started posting all the racist shit that people say to me yeah me too and and that's the reason i did that was because i felt like it was important because up until this point for years, I, anytime I've been on a video, a stream or anything, a podcast, I've had people say, you, you look like a terrorist, you are a terrorist, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. The usual boring shit. And I've always just ignored it and acted like it doesn't happen. But lately I've been thinking like in not actually surfacing that, 
I'm actually sweeping it under the rug and yep. showing it, uh, acting like it just doesn't exist, which is dangerous for people who might be looking at me and you know look like me and come from my background because to them it if they're just using me as like an example it might look safe mm -hmm. and they might not be prepared if they think i want to do this i'm going into this and if they get here and the, the question ever is like why didn't anyone tell me that it's like this i probably wouldn't have done this or i'd been more prepared that that's that's something that really worried me which is why i started posting the stuff when people say that stuff on twitter not because and like it was such a back and forth about whether i want to post it or not because i didn't want it to be a thing where like hey i'm posting this because i want sympathy yeah same. i i, I, totally I get that I, I i i like i appreciate the sympathy and it does generally help like it helps in that moment to know yep. that there's people out there that feel the opposite and will support you but i i don't need that sympathy my main concern was if there are people out there who, you know, look like us or not just me and Fixer, but people like you guys as well who have opinions about things and have ideas that they want to, you know, stand up for, um, yeah. they need to know that it's not all roses and sun sunshine here. When you say something, you might get attacked and you need to be prepared for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, I too, like really, like I used to read comments a lot and I do read the replies that don't get filtered out of my Twitter because I do want to like see what people think and I do appreciate feedback. But like for me, it's just like the majority of the comments on YouTube are just going to be about what I look like. Um, yeah, there are people who hate me for no reason. So like, or like reasons that aren't true, like they think something about me that's not true. So um, it, it's a hard balance to find because it's like, I, I do want to see, you know, I want to improve. I'm always trying to improve, but I, I, it's very difficult when it's like the criticism is just like, you're fat and ugly. And also you, uh, yeah. I mean, like I'm with you tomorrow where it's like, you want to bring attention to it, but the, the sympathy is, is also a weird thing. Cause it's like, you know, I, I've just, you deal with this kind of thing your whole life. Um, and it's like, yeah, it sucks, but I just want you to know that it happens because like there's this whole other layer of things that you deal with when you do when you put yourself out there that people might not be aware of. Um, but the thing that frustrates me is is I sometimes feel like I only really get attention when I like tell a guy's mom on him, which by the way worked. I haven't gotten a single hate message on Facebook since that happened. Um, <laughs> and I, it's like I'd rather just get attention from my work. So you do have to kind of find a balance there. Yeah. And and the thing that people need to know is people are not going to be creative or the way they hate. Like they're so shit about it. Mm -hmm. They're so yep. shit at it. Yep. Like at least be at least be creative. Don't just use the same boring shit because you're not offending us. You're just really boring us yeah. when you do that stuff. I'm not saying that people who might be listening to this that are out there being haters should do that more. But <laughs> like, Christ, the, the amount of times I've seen the same one pop over again, I'm just like. At least try, like try. Yeah. <laughs> my, my thing is also on this, and it's the people that listen to this are good people who enjoy this podcast. Tell the people on the podcast. You don't. Yeah. For me, I don't. Maybe I'm I'm small. Obviously, I'm I'm just on my come up sort of thing. But 
there is nothing more special to me when I see a photo of whether it's the screen from a video or someone at me saying you did a great job on this. And that's not me asking for it as well, but it's like, we get so much negative that you don't get that same positive back. Mm-hmm. You don't, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, you're listening to this podcast now, you're driving your car, you're doing whatever you're doing and you listen to it. That was a great episode and you're off where if someone doesn't like me, I promise you they're going to come for me mm-hmm. and that yeah. sucks. But yeah, try and keep it both ways, you know, Although- and be constructive. I will say we do get a lot of great feedback, like positive feedback on this podcast. Like That's we known. have the the Discord group. Everyone's like, I th- I think we get a lot of good conversations in there, even if they aren't like, wow, the podcast was so good. Like I just like yeah. seeing like the Dungan Rampa thing I talked about earlier. I just liked seeing people talking about Dungan Rampa. That made me really happy, just because like I had mentioned it. So um, that that does totally help. Yeah, the, the Discord has been great because mm. it does kind of offer that like they like occasionally we'll get feedback on our work there. And, and it's like it's like, OK, this is like genuine, legitimate feedback that someone's giving me. It's not just like, oh, this person sucks. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. it, it's much easier to work with that. Um, but but yeah, I will say like a, a big thing, too, is that like I remember when I started, I checked the comments on every video from like top to bottom. Like, I just wanted to see everything. And I think part of it was that, like, I don't know if it's necessarily that I built up thick skin, but it's more just, like, I can kind of expect the reactions to, and, and I'm mostly speaking just YouTube comments here. Yeah, I can kind of expect the reactions I'm going to get depending on things. Uh, so if it's something I'm excited about, like, I still usually check those comments. But a lot of times it's like, okay, like, like the way I'm presenting this information, I know people aren't going to like, and maybe that's something I need to work on. Maybe I need to find a better way to present this information, but this is how I am presenting it in the moment. And I know that people are going to be mad about it. Like I remember doing, like I've been thinking about doing a video on Breakpoint, which is a game that I've been revisiting recently. uh, And I've been having a lot of fun with it, but I know that making a video about Breakpoint, no matter what I say about this game is just going to be a shit show because people hate that game. Mm. Uh, and people hate anyone who backs it up. Like Mike did a video on it saying like, Hey, there is, I know this game is problems, but there's something I like about this game. And he just got like dog piled on because mm. of it. So it, it's interesting. Like I'd say, I would say I strategically look at comments. Um, that being said, I see everything on Twitter pretty much, even if I don't respond. Uh, I, I, I see all of that. I don't have any quality filters occasionally like, I'll tweet something and I'll see that more replies thing there and I'll still <laughs> click on it and, oh, I always and, click on that out of and see what people are saying and see how mad they are. Cause I feel like sometimes it's just someone cussing about like agreeing with me, but they said a bad word. So Twitter's like, Oh, this might be, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so it's tricky. I, I probably should be better about looking at all that stuff so I can take more of that feedback into consideration, but it just got to a point where it was like, I, I've seen so much of this. I know, I kind of know what to expect. And like the thing I have to clarify too, is that like, I'm not even a big name in this industry, you know, like the, the amount I get is nothing compared to the amount Callie gets, the amount Tamora gets, the amount like, like Lucy whoa, whoa. gets, for example. You're not say my name? What the hell? And you as well. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I mean, like uh, that, that's an important thing. Like it's hard to imagine the scale of hate, mm-hmm. yeah. the way mm-hmm. it grows up. Like, like this is shooting for the other end of the spectrum. Like, but like you know, someone like Greg Miller, for example, massive name in the industry. You could not imagine the amount of shit someone yeah. like him has to get. Like Alana Pierce, or yeah. 
you know, yeah. whoever it may be in the industry, like people who are public faces in a way that we aren't, you know, mm. there's people at IGN that have the same, you know, people at various other publications that have the same. And it's important to recognize that the bigger you are, the more you have to deal with. Um, and, and like the baseline, you will get shit when you put yourself out on the internet or anywhere really. But like, try and remember just because, you know, it's like what Fixer said, where you show some love to the people that, you know, you appreciate just because someone like Greg Miller is incredibly successful and a big personality doesn't mean he doesn't need the same kind of, you know, positive reinforcement yeah. doesn't mean that, you know, Callie or Jake or same for like small people, smaller, like us, like we're, we're not on that scale. Right. Yeah. Anyone, anyone like just, yeah. just show, show some love to people who you appreciate and it will help them and it will help offset some of the real. And the thing is like, Often it's not that difficult. One comment is usually enough to offset mm -hmm. hundreds of, of bad ones. Yep. So you could be that one comment. Just like think about it. I'm not saying like send us that stuff, but I like just keep that in mind. Like you might think, oh, someone's probably telling them. Maybe someone isn't. Maybe you could be that person. Yeah. One thing I've noticed is that when we pin a comment on a YouTube video, like if I comment and pin it, with the GameSpot account that usually like kind of sets the standard for the discussion mm -hmm. like sure they'll still be haters but at least like that comment on top isn't someone being like this person's an ass and then it's just a bunch of people piling on and giving thumbs down and whatnot but then the other thing too that I want to mention is that like like when we put out a video and it gets a lot of dislikes or something like that the thing to consider is that like usually the view count is so much higher and you have to realize that like a lot of people don't interact with these videos right like i don't like the videos i watch on youtube i almost never do that not because just because i don't think about it and that's i imagine how most people are that's why you know videos get like a video gets like sixty thousand views and there's like 500 likes or a thousand dislikes or something like that like yeah. you just have to consider that like a vast majority of the people aren't just on their keyboards ready to spew hate. Mm -hmm. Well, they came in, enjoyed the content and left. They got other things to do. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. the ones that the ones that don't have much going on. I'm not I'm not dissing all of y'all, but <laughs> they've got time to write that meaningful comment. They've got time to drop that dislike. They've got time to do all that. The rest mm. of us, we're just trying to work and get on with life and enjoy great content. Yeah. We've been going on for quite a while. We have one more question. I think we can just knock this question out super quick and then we can close out. Uh, this last one is Kevin from West Hartford, Connecticut. He says, Hey, after dark crew, when we look back at this generation of consoles, how do you think they will be remembered? Let's keep it short. Uh, fixer. Do you want to start with this? Xbox had no exclusives. <laughs> That's how I one. remember the Xbox one. The, the best exclusive went to Sony sunset overdrive. Huh? Uh, I know what Tamora's going to say, but go ahead. Uh, it was the generation that gave us the greatest game of all time. Bloodborne. There we go. <laughs> uh, Callie? Uh, for me, I think of it more in terms of like what was popularized. And I would say that was like the game as a service, definitely Souls-like, becoming, uh, you know, it's emerging into a genre of its own, right? Um, and so that that is what I think about. I think we had a lot of issues this generation with, you know, pain points, I guess, is probably the better term for with uh, loot boxes and microtransactions. So there were a lot of um, growing pains as we emerged into kind of like a new, um, more online, more living style of, of game. So that's that's my thing. The generation that gave us Geralt in a bathtub. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. You love to see anyway. It. That's been episode 59 of GameSpot After Dark. Thank you all so much for listening and thank you guys for joining me.
Before we go, Callie, where can people find you? What are you working on this week? And what's your Twitter handle? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Inkydojiko, I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O. Um, I am, you know, I continue to just work on reviews, getting ready for um, some, you know, the for everything to hit. I mean, it, it, the summer has just been kind of like relentless, but um, unrelenting maybe is the better word, but like uh, just planning out how this, uh, this these launches are going to go. So a lot of background stuff. Tamor. Um, I am on Twitter at Tamor H. And what am I doing? There should be a new episode of Generation Next up by the time you watch this or listen to this, sorry. Um, we're talking about Sony again. So if you want another deep dive into that, have a look. Um, beyond that, I I cannot even remember what I'm doing. I'm doing perhaps too much. Fixer, how about you? You can find me uh, at MC Fixer on Twitter and everywhere else at MC Fixer. SEO, baby, SEO. Honestly, I just want to take the moment to say thank you so much for having me. Like, this is a dream come true. It's a bucket list moment. Uh, anyone who's trying to jump in this industry to be on this platform with you guys is fantastic so thank you for giving me the opportunity i hope i did okay um but yeah uh you can find me everywhere at mc fixer uh youtube twitter twitch there you go i'm there yeah show up show up to the to the lads stream it's good stuff i've watched a, a few of them um and it's always fun yeah jump Thanks. in there good community as well plus the london boy has got to represent got support london boy <laughs> <laughs> uh you can find me at jacob deck and hopefully this weekend a video about where the hell splinter cell is should be up by me i have done a lot of research done a lot of ranting <laughs> about mm. about where my boy sam fisher is uh so hopefully that makes it this weekend if not it'll be early next week uh, apart from that we should have another cyberpunk lore video going up this weekend and it is about the gangs of cyberpunk so after you've seen the stream tomorrow or i guess the stream's already you've already seen it hmm. uh you can check out this lore video about the gangs for a deeper dive and that's it see you next week bye bye